classic episode of Mets and a Monk. And the Monk, he's he's on a little sabbatical, whatever they do, whatever those monks do. He's not around right now, but uh, got a guy in today. And, you know, if, if someone were to say, like, this guy is a heavy hitter, there would be there would be no inclination, there would be no doubt that this guy is most definitely a heavy hitter. Mikey Gallagher, welcome to the show, kid. <laughs> Thank you very much there, Mike Metz. I appreciate the time. So you and I, we go way back. How many years? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <clears throat> I believe seven years, something like that, which is just crazy to think back that it's been that long. Um, you know, time slows down and speeds up at the same time in, in active addiction and, um, you know, finally getting a grasp of what really went down. Yeah, yeah. You feel you have a lot more clarity now on the way things were back then? I absolutely do. You know, when I stop and pause and take a look, sometimes it's an absolute trip. And, uh, you know, it's wild to think that all of a sudden I'm here over two years sobriety with someone who's helped me for so long, like in a studio and how things just evolve. And, and it's just life's a trip. It is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> to me, it there's no doubt, man. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that you're happy. And that's the most important thing, watching somebody get to a place where they're, uh, they're you know, more comfortable in their own skin, safer in their own mind, all that kind of stuff, and happy that you're happy. And, you know, one thing I wanted to just throw your way that I'm starting to witnessing a lot is that it's the uh, it's the fact that you bring out the best in people. Well, that's probably one of the best compliments I can get. It's funny how I, uh, <clears throat> thinking of others before myself and, and putting all that weight on, you know, opinions and judgment and all that was, was a big thing, but really an inside out thing I, i'm starting to feel a lot more uh which i used to hate like the old mike you know i was like man i never went anywhere but at the same time when i'm starting to feel good i feel i have the potential and the opportunity to bring those up around me and being put in a position and and the opportunity i have gives me a little bit of a venue to be you know participate and hopefully in other people's recovery if they're into that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let's talk about early recovery for you what uh what stands out for you in your early recovery oh man it's uh <clears throat> Really, I, it was just so intense uh, and overwhelmingness uh, going on with me that I was essentially crippled with my mind and, and I was looking for any way out. You know, I didn't want it to be my reality or my truth. And it was really hard for me to fully accept exactly what was going on. And, and anytime I kind of took that on and felt a little relief, I, I started fighting that, that process that was kind of naturally happening around me with supportive people because I just didn't want to you know, lose what I have or not get what I want. I wanted to be normal. I want, you know, I really didn't have anything, but I thought I had it all. And I think that was a defense mechanism in my head going on to protect really what was happening to me. But, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily fully respect the power of drugs and alcohol. And I didn't really understand that uh, time was things I must earn. And I, I was trying to always fast track it. Or once I got any relief through recovery, I figured that was good enough. You know, I didn't understand that it's boundless. And, you know, I, I wanted to kind of put exactly what it looked like, but I had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, so who am I to start, you know, calling those shots and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I really had to see in others to really believe, you know, I had to go back and forth with uh, being active and not and seeing people that were, were really living it in their lives and, and understanding that they weren't bullshitting me. They were telling the truth 
and finally understand that suggestions aren't really suggestions. You know, it's just uh, trying to give people real guidance without being too intrusive with the message. And uh, I really had to take those things. Yeah. Do you remember specifically whether it was, you know, three months into your recovery, six months into your recovery, when you hit like one of those those big moments, like a turning point at a, at a certain point in time. Cause I, you were mentioning about like watching others and seeing what they were doing and having, having those kind of turning points. But was there anything pretty, pretty good size that, that hit you in between three, six, nine months? Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, kind of pushing for things like, uh, really trying to get things back or, or trying to minimize a financial impact of a commitment or, or get in a, a little bit of control. And then I kind of started getting in position where my daily um, activities were changing and more was being asked of me. And then I didn't like that. It was like, um, you know, still being in the rids. And if someone like my family said, I think you should stick around and, and do some things and, and commit further, it, it threw me off. And, and finally, when I kind of was able to keep it in the day, it sounds so cliche, but I, I really started getting the flow of uh, appreciating what was right in front of me because I was always, you know, always just one step ahead of myself and I just really couldn't relax and uh, I really my, my head was really spinning um, so but all of a sudden you know when I started seeing like this is kind of home like I, I what am I going back to every time I went back it brought out old behavior and like kind of like really engulfing in the in the now um, and seeing those people around me is not just people that would maybe be in my life for but a moment but actually being potential lifelong friends and trying to root in uh, all those types of things really I started really accepting that and, and, and appreciating it and, um, you know, packing more in the stream of life, things like that. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember, I don't know if it was like the obsession lifted or something like that, but I, I remember, you know, one part too is like every time I talked to you, it was like every time I went out, I was like, well, nobody will know. And I remember you said, well, you know. And I was like, well, what does that even mean? And basically what it meant is I really wasn't valuing myself. I was putting others first to the hundredth percent. And when I had to take a look at that, it was pretty tough that I mattered, even though all the damage I had done to others, to myself, uh, that like I still had value. And it was it was hard to have that kind of perspective flop because I didn't really see that in me. But then I was like, but people do recover. And uh, and that's what I wanted. And I had to kind of simplify all the things that really brought me back into a rough spot and kind of have self-love and forgiveness. And that is just such a wild thing to think about when your view of yourself is, is not good. Yeah, you brought up RIDS and, and that just stands for restless, irritable and discontented for any of our listeners. And in early recovery, that can be a major thing to get beyond. I, I believe it is a major thing to get beyond. Um, and in terms of like having some serenity, you know, here and there, because like striving to continue to stay in recovery, when do you find yourself most serene, Mike? It's funny. It's like I remember I came to uh, recovery two times before this one and it stuck. And I remember I needed the job, the car, the apartment, you know, worked at a ski resort, get a nice gig, you know, uh, more money with the new one, all that type of stuff. I would receive that and there's ego involved and self-centeredness and, and I, it never was what I imagined it to be. You know, the hole in the donut was still there. I, I it never was what I expected it to be. I still had this kind of malady of uh, not being okay. 
And then I remember I, I got here and I ended up getting a job at the local ski resort, much smaller, you know, huge pay cut, all those things that really mattered in my life. Right. But I was just happy to be a part of it. I had not had follow through front to back in a ski season in a long time. Uh, and and exp- having that experience clean and sober and, and seeing the rewards of how I can suit up and show up and all that. It just put things in such a different light. I mean, life is, was so much easier and I was so much more useful when I, you know, took that part out of it. And I, I just couldn't believe it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about that. The relationships, you know, started building up and it was just something that people had told me about that I never imagined would have manifested the way it did. Do you, re- do you remember um, the second time <laughs> we ran into each other and you were applying for jobs and the lie that you told potential <laughs> employers? Oh my gosh. <laughs> It was so ridiculous. <laughs> so I remember seeing you. My first day was nuts. And uh, I have all faith in, in you because it was someone I was comfortable with. So I come come here. And anyway, I'm flipping the bill this time. And I am not happy about it once my head's out of the clouds. You know, I was willing to go to any lengths. But as soon as I plugged into what was happening, I wanted to take the control again. And uh, obviously, finances is just something that whatever I didn't want to let go of. And and I remember getting on the email and telling people, uh, future employees, I was like, hey, cell phone's not working, but, uh, you know, I'm hiking the long trail because of that. So uh, email's great. In reality, I'm full program in a residential rehab and my phone's restricted, so I can't have it for the first two months. And it was just so absurd. And once I popped into that job that I completely lied about, I mean, what's my level of success going to be? But I was so delusional and I so wanted a quick problem. That was more carnage than I ever, ever could have imagined. That was, uh, man, talk about having more wreckage. And uh, one of the wildest things that I have in my phone, actually, is when I did that job, I left here, I believe, in August. And in September, I was calling you for help. (laughs) And you were like... You were like, so dude, just come back. And I was like, well, I paid first, last and deposit, man. I'm, you know, I'm stuck. Right. When reality, it was just something that I just created and I could have left. And I remember you uh, having a message for me in September and the unfortunate truth of when, when this thing really grabs a hold of people or grabs a hold of me is I did not come till early March. So I had five months of knowing what was happening to me, but just not having the guts uh, or the willpower um, or whatever. To, to just actually make a decision, you know, I was right there pre-contemplation with no action behind it. And, uh, and you know, I, I can't do this alone. That was just another example of I can't do it alone. And man, was I taking things so serious back then. And uh, it's nice to like look at life and smile now because there's a level of forgiveness that's occurring. And it's just a beautiful thing. Uh, to get to get to another point is, you know, you, you seem to have a lot of fun it seems like recovery to you is not a full-time like well it is full-time right but like to see you enjoy yourself and relax uh around others is nice to witness and to see you have a good time what's some of the what's some of the things that you found some pure enjoyment in in your recovery well it's it's crazy once again i think about the phone restrictions and i got my phone back 60 days in and and maybe about you know so i had my phone for about a month so now we're 90 days in right had my phone 30 days and i'm looking at these pictures and if i had to get honest with myself i'm looking at these pictures of just 30 days with my phone i'm on top of a mountain i'm kayaking i'm playing softball with the guys i'm in boston at fenway i'm doing all this stuff and uh my truth was i wasn't doing any of that 
all those back in the day times. I had the ability to recognize what was truly happening. And I was like not upset with what was going on because I can swing my thoughts in any direction because I'm crazy. But what I was like, I was just like, wow, look at this. <laughs> you know, I'm really, I'm really, you know, I'm creating some things around me and, and this is this is great, you know, and I wanted more of it. And I was, uh, you know, just so happy to have people that were like-minded around me that were doing the same fight. Um, you know, all everyone I've met in recovery is just, they're such good people. And, and I think that having activities and all those bonding things and being serious is obviously very important. But nonetheless, I was looking like for longevity and longevity has to be in the happiness, you know, with what occurs with the process. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the last things I want to ask you is, uh, you know, to the, to the point where you've gotten better with being in your own head, is there anything that's your bread and butter? Well, one thing is, uh, you know, the big book on awakening really got me is I was burning energy uselessly. I was so in my head that uh, I could I couldn't get out of my own way. And, you know, the ability as well is is to let go. Like, what am I really going to do about this thing that's occupying so much headspace? What am I really going to do about it? And, uh, and actually trying to try to do my best on a daily basis. And I'm human, you know, I, I have tons of faults and, and all these different things, but the ability to let go and not harbor on stuff has been such a healthy move for me. And, and also, I think as soon as I started getting open and honest and being able to talk more, it's people say that once you start opening up, you've already given half of it away. And, and so I'm not a, a afraid now. I have so many people in my life uh, and I, that's all just been through the process and, and just being comfortable to be able to, to share. Yeah. And, and now too, with, with that comfort, comfort level, you don't have to tell anybody you're on the Appalachian trail. I don't have to tell anyone I'm on the Appalachian trail, which I can't believe they bit. Uh, I yeah. think they were in the gym myself. Well, maybe they're honest people. <laughs> maybe they are honest people. <laughs> and then they honestly uh, let me go. And I was like, I'll let my letter, I'll, I'll write my letter of resignation. They go, we got it, kid. And, uh, oh man. Yep. That's some wild stuff there. Wow. So yeah, it's the last thing I want to say is that you do bring out the best in people. It's been great to witness the change in you and thank you for all your hard work and your recovery and all that you do for others. It's been great talking with you and hopefully we'll we'll have some more time to revisit in the episodes to come. Yeah, I'd love to revisit and I couldn't have done this without the people who did it before me and you're one of those people. So uh, tons of appreciation there. Yeah,